I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. You know, when we talk about exploring the prophetic, we have to look at marriage and family as one of the areas that God speaks in the most. And he loves to inject his life for us to have families that he dreamed of all along. He, you know, God can be found most in the context of marriage and family. And a lot of times people haven't been told that or they don't believe that or they haven't lived that. So it's not the available fruit they're looking for. But today I have Brian and Alicia McGill on the show. They actually, Alicia works for me and Brian's actually volunteered quite a bit at our events, uh, but they live in Indiana. So they're our only remote employees. They've been with us for a number of years, but they've been married for over 23 years. They have three beautiful kids, but they both went through one of the darkest periods of their life. And part of it was centered around their marriage. And because of some of the things that happened in their marriage, like some affairs and some even attempts on their lives, uh, it just is such a hard but good story to see how God can speak in the midst of these kinds of circumstances and recreate destiny and hope where there's no hope. Most of the time, even your church friends will tell you to divorce someone if they've had an affair on you. And yet God gave Alicia specifically time and time again, hope for Brian and hope for their life and gave her choices and really powerful choices. And after, you know, abandonment, mental abuse, alcohol abuse, suicide attempts, multiple infidelities, all these things are, their marriage is what they called a war zone. And they're going to share very vulnerably about this, but you're also going to hear how, you know, they're years past this now and watching their life now as good Christian people then who just didn't mature very much in their faith during that season because their marriage went through so much pain. And now, you know, including God in their marriage, their business, their family, everything, how God's completely restored them to where they don't even resemble what it looked like before. And I love stories like this. I hope you're going to join us for the whole story because I think you're going to really enjoy it. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bowles Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keysum's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Prophets, Living and Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're going to love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content for me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are going to love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join. Come be a part of this. It's going to change your life. And I know we're going to enjoy having you. So come visit bowlsministries.com. Well, I'm excited today because we have friends of mine who also, Alicia, you work for me. So we have Brian and Alicia here, and you guys have quite a story to tell. But before you go there, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're on it. Hey, thanks for Thank having you. us. You've just released a book, kind of about what we're going to be talking about today. And you do a lot of stuff for our ministry, and you've worn different hats at different seasons because <laughs> we've been growing. So like sometimes you have been doing one thing, now you're doing most of the content posting and scheduling and figuring out where everything goes in our world. We have so many, we have Jeremy who leads our ministry who makes sure we have a million posts and content posts a month. That's his goal is a million. <laughs> yes, yes it is. 
<laughs> and so not really, but, but you, you he keeps you busy, but you guys actually live not here. You guys tell us where you live. What's the town called again? I always forget the town's name. <laughs> we live in um, Corden, Indiana, which is like about 25 minutes from Louisville, Kentucky. Most people can relate to Louisville, Kentucky. So we say we but live there, they know. <laughs> in the midst of that, you guys are like both you, Brian. Welcome Brian to the show too, because you're here, Alicia, but also Brian's here. And Brian, you actually did our tours with us. A lot of our tours, you traveled, served your guts out, became <laughs> our friend, shared your life with us. So thank you so much for all that, but welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. Well, the, the hard part about this conversation is we're not going to be able to have enough of it because once people hear just your story, they're going to realize, like, I want to know more. So I will say this at the beginning that I already mentioned, Alicia has a book that goes through their whole story and she's been featured on Daystar and other places already. So, but I really want people to hear the story because a lot of times when we hit, especially severe problems, we have a mental breakdown or we go through marriage problems we think we're the only ones or we isolate or we don't think God can heal or help us. And that's what society tells us. As soon as somebody has an affair or as soon as something big happens, disengage, they're not worth it. It's not valuable. You'll never recover. And, and I love your story says the opposite. Now I know a lot of psychologists wouldn't say that, but I'm just saying culture would say that because there's a lot of really good psychiatrists, psychologists who would say, no, it's, it's worth looking for healing many times. But our culture doesn't say that. As a matter of fact, you have you know Beyonce releasing, she stayed with Jay-Z, but releasing her album about how angry she was. You're not sure if Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith are like actually in love anymore after she had a very public affair and he's acknowledged it. And they've talked about their marriage as being like, it's not, a, they don't believe in, in traditional marriage anymore. They believe in a weird partnership. And I love them. So when I'm saying this, I don't insult, I love Jay-Z and Beyonce. I love Will and Jada. But I feel like marriage is on the table for discussion in a way that's like to separate what God truly intended from it and to take away, like you can have bro brokenness. You don't have to have real intimacy. You can figure that out with somebody else. And I'm like, I love that God did something in your marriage that a lot of people don't have faith for when they're going through it or hope for. And I'm sure you didn't at times either, but God did. Um, he had a plan. And so let's start from the beginning. And I don't know where your beginning you would start this from is. So go ahead and take us away. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, I guess I'll start out. Um, Brian and I have actually been married 23 plus years this year. And we are so thankful for every single one of those years. Um, but we weren't always. Um, we started, um, I would say probably within five years of our marriage, things really started to fall apart. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, we were both, um, I was a, pre I was a, pe a preacher's kid. Yeah. You know, Brian grew up as a, um, he was in the Nazarene faith. So we were in church our entire lives. And so we knew enough. <laughs> we had enough um, knowledge. So um, we dedicated our marriage to God, um, had this beautiful ceremony and, um, we just thought, you know, everything was going to be beautiful. You know, we were going to have like our happy ever ending. Um, you know, Brian was my knight, you know, in shining armor. Everything was just going to be perfect. And um, the one thing that we didn't account for was how instrumental and how important God is in your marriage. And so mm. um, we really just um, slowly and, and really without even knowledge of it, I, I believe, um, just started removing him from our marriage. Wow. And as we did that, you know, um, as we started to remove God slowly, then other things started to take his place. 
And ultimately, I believe it was us. You know, we started to put our place as God of our marriage. And things just, um, when we did that, you know, it just opened a door for all kinds of things to come in. You know, we just, things that we never imagined, you know, um, we would bring into our marriage, we began to bring in, um, you know, starting with, you know, pornography and, um, you know, mental abuse and abandonment, like all of these issues started to come in when we removed God. And um, so, yeah, infidelity, you know, started to come in. And uh, so we were facing a lot of huge challenges um, in marriage that a lot of people don't survive. Um, And so I'll just kind of take you back to um, probably one of the um, biggest moments, I think, in my life. Um, I was, uh, Brian and I were married for about four years. Um, I was in nursing school at the time, um, pregnant with our first baby. And um, um, things were just really rocky. You know, our marriage was was just all over the place. It, um, it resembled a war zone, you know, if you can imagine that. And, um, um, I remember I was big eight to nine months pregnant and, um, you know, that's when Brian walked out the door, um, of our marriage. And so here I was, you know, facing being a first time mom, um, and being alone and also facing the possibility of, you know, being a single mom. Um, so all of those scenarios was never something that I, you know, had planned, you know, I was, when yeah. you think of your first baby, you're like, Oh, it's going to be beautiful. My husband's going to be right there, you know, wiping the sweat off my forehead. And oh. it, <laughs> it was everything opposite of that. And, um, so we ended up, I ended up giving birth to our first son, Hunter, who is now 18. <laughs> awesome. And yeah. And, um, so it, just, just a, a lot of things began to come into play as we uh, pulled God out. Um, I remember we ended up, you know, reconciling after that. You know, after my son ended up having a health scare, and um, so Brian came back into the home and we reconciled. We um, started counseling, which we are huge believer in um, marriage counseling for sure. Um, yeah. We jokingly say, you know, that we paid our marriage counselor's mortgage for years because we were. (laughs) (laughs) It was over years of of time that you guys went to marriage counseling. So you were getting a ton of tools, but there was still quite a season of just the breakdown. Yes. um, Yes. So how would you define that, Brian, just to kind of switch over to your side of the story? Well, it, it, she pretty much summed it up. I mean, just for me, I think I was just young and, you know, starting out and, um, we went from having basically nothing to me entering into a couple of jobs where, you know, I was making at that point in time, I felt like we was doing really good financially. And I tell you, uh, until you learn spiritually and you mature spiritually enough, it's, it's hard when you get into a position of financial blessings. And if I would have been financial or if I'd have been spiritually mature then I believe I would have recognized what was going on but I wasn't Mm -hmm. and you know it was just the money and stuff coming in replaced what God had for us you know and 
yeah. believe at that point in time, even God had his hand on me and Alicia, you know, he was blessing us and we didn't even realize we thought it was coming from our own, own hands. And I think if we'd realized that, but we did, we fell into the world and, you know, materialistic things. And, you know, we started for me, myself, I can only speak for myself, but for me, I got to a point where, you know, I can do this on my own and I don't need to go to church. I don't need to fellowship with others. I don't need a relationship with God. Um, I can make it happen on my own. And I really think in the beginning, that was the big, mm-hmm. you know, fall for me. I'm looking back now. I know, you know, that all things come from God and, you know, our spiritual life and our relationship with him. He's our provider. And, I wish, you know, I wish I'd realized that years ago because I yeah. think things would have turned out completely different in our marriage and all the infidelities and partying and stuff I did and just pulling away from God. But I tell you, I, it was obvious when I did pull away from God because it was almost like God would, he wouldn't take his hand off of me, but he would draw away because every time I did pull away and I started going out and partying and doing things in the world, it, it was almost instantly each time that the business would start failing. I would start losing jobs. There'd be conflict in the company. And every time I would come back, things would start pulling back together and, you know, looking up again. But I mean, this went on, you know, several times and I just never did. I was blinded by the enemy and, you know, it was obvious what was going on right in front of me. It was playing out like a, a movie in front of me, but I was just, I wasn't realized what was going on. Which is often the case when people are in their own zone and their own, you know, choices and not walking with God or not spiritually maturing. That's one of the scary parts is if it's almost better to not know God and know, you know, have any spiritual right. at all than it is to know him, but not to mature in him. Because there's, it's like, it feels like the consequences are so much deeper because you rec- you start to recognize what's not happening, you know, differently. Like you, have, you have knowledge to some degree, but keep going. Get you guys in the story. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll just take you back to, um, when, you know, things really, really started to just get bad. And, um, like if they wasn't bad enough, you know, (laughs) when they really, really started to take a a downward spiral. Um, I remember I just given birth to our, um, our second child, which is now 14. And, um, um, it was early in the morning and I, uh, received a phone call. It was probably six o'clock in the morning. And, um, so when I answered the phone, it was, it was a man on the other line and he proceeded to tell me that, um, my husband was still with his wife mm. and yeah, it, this was uh, my first knowledge of this. I think he thought he was telling me something I already knew. Okay. And he didn't realize this was all new information. I, I honestly thought he was scaring the wrong wife. That's how I, you know, I just, I never imagined the infidelity. could hit You just never imagine it can hit your home. And so I thought this man was scaring the wrong person. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it, he was, he, he had contacted the right person. Um, and you know, at, at that moment, um, I never, it was like something inside of me broke. Um, and it was infidelity is such a painful, painful thing. And something inside of you just breaks that you you don't even know how it can even be repaired. You're like that, that situation can never be repaired. It's, 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 
too sharp. It's too painful. There's too many pieces. How can that go back together? And, um, so I ended up, um, calling my parents, you know, after I got off the phone with this man, um, called Brian, told him, you know, you need to get home right now. <laughs> and I also called my, my mom and dad too. And it, um, just because I was not in a good place. I was not in a good you know, I was not in a good mind frame. I knew that I needed accountability because I really, honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, Brian had just, uh, a, a week before he just shown me how to use his gun. And so to be honest, I was really afraid that I might use it. And so, wow. yeah, yeah. So I called my mom and dad and they actually answered the phone right as they were walking out the door. I mean, a minute later and I would have missed them. Wow. Um, so they headed over and, um, you know, when Brian got home, everything just, everything came out, you know, everything was exposed at that point. Um, and so it, it, um, at, at that point, you know, I didn't know where things were going to go, you know, cause I'd always taken that stance, you know, if my husband ever, if this ever happens, if he ever cheats on me, then we're finished, we're done, you know, but until you're in that position, you know, y- you, it's a completely different scenario. I don't think it's different for everyone. I don't think it's a, a one size, you know, fits all. Um, you know, it's I know it, like, how do we treat cancer? Everyone's going to go to a different process. It's like, yeah. how do we deal with affairs or, or indiscretion or any of this stuff? Everyone's has their own process for it, but right. there is that mentality of like, well, that's an okay thing to just get a divorce. Even the Bible says, just get a divorce. And there's that mentality even amongst, you know, past pastoral counseling and stuff a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I like hearing this story, but keep going. Yeah. So, um, we decided, um, I, we decided that we were going to try, you know, and, and I'm putting, I'm using air quotes when I say try, cause I really hadn't planned on trying. <laughs> now, how did you decide that? Seriously? Cause like you just find this out about Brian and Brian, we can hear from you too, but like, how did you have the courage to try it? Like, how did you know? you know, or how did you have confidence or faith or make that jump? Was it out of desperation survival or was it really out of like, no, I want to see if you'll change. Like I want this or in between or anything else. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it had a lot to do with Brian, um, his stance in everything. He was so repentant. He was so brokenhearted. He just, you know, he wanted so badly to work things out. You know, he wasn't standing his ground. He wasn't pointing his finger at me and saying, well, because you did this, I did this. He was just, I really think that had a lot to do with it. Um, in my decision to, uh, even consider, you know, um, going down this path and, and also I had, uh, two children at the time, you know, I had an eight month old and a three year old. And when I looked at them and they just love him and adore him. And I just, I was seeing the split home and my children and their heartbreak. And, you know, as a mom, um, you never want to see your, you never want to see that happen. And so I thought I'm going to give it my best shot. You know, that's all I can do. I can't, I can't give any more than, you know, my best. And so, um, that's when we decided to, uh, we ended up going to like a marriage, um, intensive retreat for like marriages that were on the brink of, you know, something catastrophic. And so it was like an intensive two day program that we went through. And I really feel like, um, especially for me, that solidified my decision to stay 
and to try and to work, you know, try to work things out. And things went really good um, for a few years. And then, you know, um, Brian started falling back into those old patterns and, you know, um, then infidelity, you know, started back up again. And um, there was about, no, there was four, um, four infidelities within our marriage. And the last one, the fourth one, I really believe that was our, both of our breaking points um, at that time where we were both at the very, very, very end of our rope that was barely there at this point. So Brian, talk about that for a minute, because it's, it's four different seasons of time where there was other people involved. Like after you guys went through some healing and counseling and mm -hmm. um, talk about like what was in you that you felt like you still had this desire or place in you, like just, just as far as like, so listeners can understand. Yeah. Um, it was tough. You know, I came back, you know, the first time and I thought, you know, going to get through this uh, I actually found out um, on the first one I went out to my parents house and uh, spoke to my mom briefly and of course I was crying and told her you know I messed up and she was she ended up breaking down crying too and I thought well she's crying over what I'm crying over with our situation and little did I know that she was actually crying over a situation with her and my dad oh, um, wow. that he had he had an affair when I was a young, young child and me and my sister. And here I was, you know, in my thirties, just finding out about this. Wow. And, uh, you know, they're, they're godly people that they're, go to church faithfully. You know, they just, they're really godly people. They are, and they were then. And, you know, I guess that helped me somewhat because I thought I'm not in this alone now. Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, on the on the other side, I thought, well, I've opened all these memories up for my mom that she's probably suppressed over all these years. And here, the very thing that I did is what my dad did to her. Wow. And uh, so, you know, I got to talk to her for a, a while about that. And, you know, I, I thought that I really did think once we went to counseling stuff that I was pulling through. But I, I truly believe the root of everything with me was just... When I look back at it, the the only thing I can really pinpoint was the business and the growing wealth and alcohol. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I've talked to you before about just when we've been out uh, together that, you know, I'm just, I won't drink. I won't do it. You know, yeah. I just, I'm totally, I'm not going to judge anybody else for, you know, if they do, that's between them and God. You know, I truly believe, you know, I truly believe that. But for me, it was just, it was like, Every time I looked at it from every angle, there was no good that ever came out of it. Wow. And every every time that I fell back into drinking and alcohol and partying, it, it was just like it always led to another door that led to another door that led to another door. And behind each door was just something deeper and darker. So, you know, that, that came years later that I realized that, you know, after several affairs, but, you know, that's kind of that's later on in the conversation where, you know, I finally woke up and realized, you know, this is a tie that I got to break. This is something I got to get away from and that I can't ever step back into again. And, you know, like I said, that comes a little bit later in the conversation. But but my eyes were open at that point. I actually knew and was able to devise a plan to 
get out of what I was involved in. And, and once I got away from that stuff, I, it, it, it showed instantly. I mean, within a day it showed up, things started working out and things started going a different direction. And, um, isn't that powerful just to even have the tool of what the triggers are that puts you in that position. And obviously alcohol is one of the, we've known this for generations that it's one of the, it's that thing that takes away the inhibitions to say no to sin. Right. And and it happens to the best people, you know, we've seen politicians and pastors and both men and women, you know, like experience like drugs or alcohol, how quickly they cause you to make choices on your base nature, your sinful nature, not your God nature. And it's so profound. Like that's just one of the obviously tools um, just far, as far as just opening your eyes and saying, this isn't worth it. Like my, my marriage is worth more than this. I'm going to stop this behavior because I want this. And I think a lot of people don't know what they're saying no to. So they don't know how to really say yes. Mm-hmm. And it's so profound that you, you know, you went on a long-term journey of figuring this out. And, and some people, because journeys can last a long time when we're figuring this out, a lot of people around us don't always have the endurance for our process. And I'm so grateful that your family and Alicia, and just, you know, everyone had endurance for your process because we just love who you are so much. Okay. So let's go back into, cause you said some of that was, there's more to tell in the future. We have, you know, some more time here. Uh, Alicia, tell us kind of the climax of the story because it's pretty profound. Yeah. So, um, we basically, um, <clears throat> we had both, uh, me not knowingly, uh, I really didn't know that Brian had come to the end of his rope, you know, because when he would come over and see me and see the kids, you know, he's very hard. Um, and he, you know, he did, he didn't really didn't want to show us a whole lot. So I, I didn't know that my prayers were actually working and messing him up. I had no idea. <laughs> I just thought, you know, okay, God, I'm going to keep praying. Um, even though I don't see anything happening, I actually see the opposite. You know, I, I'm, I'm continuing to pray for my marriage, but I'm seeing the opposite of what my prayers are. Um, and so we basically, um, we both hit rock bottom. I remember, um, I was at this terrible, 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 dark place and, um, you know, seeing my, I, this one time was just so terrible. You know, Brian had come over to see me and the kids and when he left, you know, my, um, seven-year-old daughter at the time, um, just broke down and cried Mm. for, for about 30 minutes. And it was, it was so hard to console her. And, um, those type of moments, you know, because Brian would come in, he would, you know, spend his 30 minutes and go home. And then I would deal with the emotional mess that was left. And, um, it was taking a huge, huge toll on me, um, mentally, emotionally, and in every physically, I wasn't eating. (laughs) And, um, so I decided, um, you know, I, I come from a nursing background. I decided, um, that I was just going to overdose on, um, an antidepressant I was taking. Um, wow. so I, I'd been on this medication for three years and, you know, with all the different stressors that were going on, I would have to go back to the doctor and she would up my dose or she would actually switch me to a stronger medication and then have to keep upping that dose. And so I was finally on a really strong medication at its highest dose. Um, and I, I knew this, you know, being in the nursing field, I, I knew what I was dealing with. And so, um, I decided, you know, Brian was on his way, he was coming over to see the kids. And, um, so I called in my prescription at this, you know, um, big retailer 
and asked him if he would mind picking that up for me on his way, you know, to get the kids. So he came in, um, you know, left the bottle and then just took the kids. And at that point I decided I'm taking them all, you know, they would give me a three month supply. I'm taking them all. Wow. And, um, and you know, and we're talking about an enormous amount of pain because you're such a strong person. So the amount of pain that you had in that moment to say, I, it's just life's not worth it anymore. As you know, a lot of people don't understand that. And so thanks for being vulnerable with that, but keep going. I just, I think that like in hearing the story of leaving three kids, potentially mm-hmm. your husband in this painful situation and your family, that's a lot. Yeah. And you know, um, one thing that the enemy does is, you know, I, I felt like, oh, I was leaving my painful situation, but not even contemplating that I was leaving my children with a bigger, more painful situation. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it was all me, 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 you know, I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. And he completely just didn't even allow me to see that I was going to really injure my children by doing this. And, um, so I, he left the bottle and took the kids and left. And, um, so I just, you know, I had a big cry session. <laughs> um, I just had a huge cry session. I was like, okay, I can do this now. So I went and got the bottle um, opened it up and there was only three pills in the bottle. Um, and, and so I was very shocked by that, you know, because normally there was, you know, several hundred in this bottle and there was only three and three was one dose. Literally just, I took three, <laughs> that was my daily dose. Wow. And so, um, I text Brian and was like, Hey, where's, where's the rest of the medication? And he told me that this pharmacy, um, when they went to fill my prescription, there was only three pills that they could locate, even though their system showed hundreds of thousands, they could only find three. And they told me that's what they were going to give me. And then I could come back tomorrow and that they would resolve this problem. And at that moment, you know, I'd been on this medication for years and that had never happened until the moment. (laughs) until one moment. And, you know, God, he saved my life that day. He saved my life. And that's really when everything changed for me is when I realized, why would you save my life? (laughs) It opened up a whole conversation with God, but, you know, unknowingly, I had no idea. Yeah. Tell Brian's part of the story for sure. Yeah. Tell, tell about your story. Well, well, it was only a few weeks before that, that I had actually attempted suicide too. And, um, it, it kind of stemmed from what Alicia was seeing at home when I'd come over to visit the kids. And it just got to the point where I would thought about it several times and, but hadn't just come to terms with actually doing it because being raised in church, you know, with, you know, there's different beliefs on that too, but for yeah. me, I was raised where, you know, if you commit suicide, then you're pretty much destined to eternity in hell. So, you know, I obviously didn't want that. That was weighing hard in my mind. And I'd had dreams. I'd had a couple of dreams uh, where I'd done it. Um, one in particular was my, involved my mother, which growing up, my dad wasn't around much. So only because of a job, he was a truck driver, but so my mom pretty much raised me. And at any rate, I had 
had a dream that I shot myself out here where we live currently at the edge of the field where the yard meets the corner of the field. And I was laying there and I remember it was almost like I was hovering above my body watching it unfold. But I remember my mom running down through the yard to this full grown man laying there dead on the ground. And she dropped her knees and grabbed my head and cradled my head in her arms. And as she did that, I trans back or transition back to like a little five or six year old boy. And I remember waking up from the dream and my pillow being wet, wet from where I'd cried. So I was able to push it back until about a week later. And like Alicia said, I would go over and see the kids and she would tell me about them breaking down and crying when I'd leave. So it just, the enemy used that. He used that as a tactic against me. And, you know, he was basically telling me, you're hurting them. You've hurt everybody else. You've hurt other families. You've hurt your wife. And they're going to continue to hurt as long as you're around to do this. Wow. And he convinced me that kill yourself and yeah, they'll hurt, but that hurt will heal. You know, it's like when you lose somebody, the longer it goes past that date that they they're gone, you cope with it and you, you heal and you go on. And that's what he convinced me of that this would happen. So I remember taking a, uh, shotgun that I got years ago from my grandfather and sticking it underneath my chin and pushing down on the trigger and nothing happened. I just heard the click go off. And I remember right before pulling the trigger, I, I didn't tell God this. I was just thinking it, which I know God knows your thoughts, but I thought if there could be a split second where I could survive this, where I could repent and maybe get right. So I don't go to hell. But I didn't know. I had no idea that God had a whole different plan that that gun wouldn't even go off. And I ended up taking the shell out of the gun, put it back in, pointed the gun into the air and pulled the trigger and it went off. And still to this day, I shoot that. I shoot that gun. I shot it a couple of weeks ago and it's never malfunctioned. But, you know, then when I went into and to get her pills that day, that was a real eye opener. If, if my experience wasn't enough, I went in and like, like she said, I went up to get it and they said, for whatever reason, there's over a thousand on hand in our computer, but there's only three pills. And at that point in time, I had no idea what she had planned. But there, when I found out that it was like, okay, God, you saved me, you saved her. There's some reason that we're supposed to be here together. Wow. Wow. I mean, just the love of God in that story and just how even for your kids and even for your extended family, it's like, like he put a mark on your life in a different way. It's like, if you didn't know, you knew. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about these kinds of hard stories, you know, the hard part of lives that we have to, or God asks us to tell, like you guys have been brave to, to feel like you should share this story. It's the hard part, but it's also the beautiful part to say he only gave us one life and it's worth living. And he, he can recreate our entire life if we'll let him. Yes. So let's talk about that. Like what happened after like this wake up call? Yes, this was a huge wake up call for both of us. Um, we really account that to kind of like the turning point, you know, where things started to shift for us. Um, you know, I started to dive into my identity, you know, God, who am I? Who am I that you would save? You know, I hear tragic stories all the time of, you know, this person overdosed and that person, 
you know, committed suicide. So why was my life, why, why was I spared? Why, you know, why? Um, so I really began to dive into who, who am I? Why did you save my life? What is it, you know, that you have for me? What is it that you have for us? And just really began to, um, just reconnect with God. Like this whole experience, you know, everything that we've gone through in life, in our marriage has created a new relationship with God that, um, I've never had uh, in my life. You know, I, I was a preacher's kid, you know, um, for as long as I can remember. And this experience and walking through this terrible situation and walking through these years of pain has taught me to connect with God on a, a level I don't know that I would have been able to find, you know, had I not walked through what I walked through. Wow. You know, on the same the same with Brian, we both, you know, gone through I wouldn't know how to pray for somebody's marriage <laughs> like I do now. You know, yeah. it, there's it's there's so many positives. I know when you when you hear a story and you hear the pain and you hear the trauma um that we went through there there's so many things that we went through that, um, we now have tools for, you know, I I know how to pray for someone who's going through tragedy. I know how to pray for a marriage that's falling apart. Um, whereas before it was a completely different thing. And so I think this has taught us, um, so much, but yeah. No, it's just, it, it was, it was a huge turnaround for me. Um, of course there was a lot of ties I had and at that point in time. So I remember just shortly after that incident with Alicia's pills, just going to a bathroom one night where I wasn't, shouldn't have been at and just crying out to God. I'm like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve you to get me out of this, but I want out. Um, and he did it. I mean, instantly within, within a day or two. And I remember going home and of course, Alicia and the kids didn't trust me, but I went home and just sit and a lot of times just sit outside in the yard, just me and God for pretty much a year. And that's something I wouldn't trade for nothing. I felt alone then because all my, all my friends in church had pretty much turned their back on me. Cause obviously I was out doing things I shouldn't do. But then when I decided to change my life, I had to make a choice, not only to get rid of those addictions, but to get rid of the people that surrounded those addictions. And a very so, small town. Yeah. So I lost my church friends because the I turned toward the world and then I had to turn away from the worldly friends to get free and clear and clean of it. So I, I was alone. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have either side of friends to fall back on, but it was just me and God, but I wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a, that year was a growing experience and God taught me that he had something there for me all along. And he, he even explained it to me one time that, he had something so good for me to to partake of and to to taste, but I wasn't willing to wait for it. Um, you know, the world has so much just to offer so quickly, and you get it instantly. And I remember he even used the a situation when I believe we were in Dallas with you guys, and the team was out eating at the Pecan Lodge, and they were talking about they open up and within two hours are sold out. And I remember us waiting in line, wondering if we would get up there before they would get sold out. And God said, you know, if you would just wait in line for me, then you'll get to eat of what I have to offer for you. And it'd be so much better than the world. And uh, I know that now it's, you know, he has so much to offer us if we'll just wait and 
but you know, it's a process and sometimes it's, it's hard to go through that process and to be, and to grow in maturity spiritually, to get to that point where you realize what God has to offer us. Yeah. I do want to say, um, I know that in this type of situation, you know, where you have a marriage and there's been infidelity and stuff like that. I think that, um, something that was really, really important for me is, um, I heard from God, um, on my marriage, you know, I would ask him, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to leave? Am I supposed to stay? What am I supposed to do? And I just, the Lord would so lovingly ask me, would you give him one more chance? And yeah. And I knew in my heart that he was asking me, he was not demanding anything of me. And I knew if I decided I can't, that he was going to take care of me. I knew that, but I knew that um, if I accepted his invitation to give Brian one more chance, that he was going to turn everything around. And so I, I took God at his word and I said, okay, all right. If, if I, if I'm to walk this road, if I'm to give Brian one more chance, then I need you to heal me. I need you to heal my kids. You know, I, I need this from you. I need um, you to walk us through healing, you know, direct us. And so it's been a journey of counseling and inner healing and um, just, you know, all those places where the enemy touched, you know, just God paying them back and paying them back double. Um, We've just been seeing, you know, God move so powerfully in our lives since we made that decision and that recommitment to, um, to our marriage. It's been wild. And I think, what if we had not, (laughs) what if, what if I decided to not give it a try? Would I be experiencing what we're experiencing now? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, before we had all of this situation, you know, all of this, um, the infidelity and all of that, our marriage before that wasn't great. And here we are post, you know, all of this um, trauma and pain and our marriage is like, we wouldn't trade it for the world where we are now. We would not trade for the world. And we don't, we don't say that lightly because it's just, we look at each other and it's like, you're the man that I always wanted. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's so cool. It's and crazy. you know, it's funny meeting you guys. Cause I met you guys after all this happened yeah. and why you, you know, we're in restoration and why you were in, you know, now where there's healing. And it's so funny, Brian, I can't even picture that version of you. Like, I've just not known that version of you. I've known this kind, sweet man's man who loves his children, loves his wife, would give up your life for them. Like, I I don't see that version. And Alicia, I see you as like this strong, powerful woman who's just carries the world on her shoulders and such, with such grace. So it's so wild how it, it you know, your your friends and family and coworkers around you, like we can see the, the work that God's done in your life. I think that's one of the most powerful things uh, that God is asking you to put it on display through this book that you've written. So tell us about the book. Yeah. So the book was um, a very, very difficult thing. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I remember when God first said, you know, would you write this book? You know, immediately I was like, no, because in, <laughs> yeah, in, like, yeah. <laughs> no, in high school and college, I hated anything to do with creative writing. Um, and then to put your life on display, mm-hmm. I thought that's, that's crazy. You know, get behind me, Satan. That's crazy. 
But I had people coming up to me that had no idea that said, you should write a book. You should write a book. You know how God does that. You know, whenever you, he tells you to write a book and you're like, no. And then he sends people to kind of reinforce what he already told you. So, um, so I ended up writing the book and, you know, as I'm telling the story, I was going through levels of healing that I didn't know. You know, as I would get to a section of um, this pain, I would actually have to stop for a couple weeks and just let God heal me over that situation. And then I could move on to the next chapter and let God heal me over that situation. And so as I was writing this book, there was a level of healing that was taking place that I don't think would have happened had I not written this book. And so um, a lot of, there was a lot of tears that went, went into this book, but um, I remember at, when I was finished, you know, I had to have Brian read it because, you know, he's a big player. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I, had, I had to have him read it. Why don't you tell him what you said when you first read it? Well, I'm not much of a reader, as you, I guess you would say. Um, for one, the only time I really would have time to read is in the, at late in the evening, which I'm always outside until it gets completely dark usually. But one night I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to read this. But um, I remember reading it. I got probably 90% through it the first night. And um, I remember just like you said, Sean, I mean, when you, when you met me and stuff, I'm like reading this book about this guy. I'm literally in my spirit getting mad at this person for what they did, not realizing that it was, you know, it was me that it did that. And I did, I read it and I cried several times during the book. Um, um, But yeah, the book, it was, it was tough to read it. It was seeing these things that I had done and realizing I was the one that done. It was good for me to read it because I knew what I'd done, but I'd healed through that. I transformed into another person to the extent where there's even been people in our hometown that I've went up to five, six years later and said something to them. And I remember one gentleman, he talked to me, but I'm like, he acts like he don't know me. And he said, he ended up at the end of the conversation. He said, who are you again? And I said, Brian, and this is a guy that's seen me all the time back whenever I was doing the things that I did. But he said, you don't even look the same. He said, I didn't even recognize you. You don't look the same in the face. So then I realized God had not only transformed me on the inside, but the outside. Yes, It's so good, Brian. And it's so good just to hear, like, I love seeing you and knowing you, this version of you, and just being able to know your story, because it is like that thing of like, people wonder when we have God in our lives and when he really speaks to us and matures us, Mm -hmm. does it make a difference? And you guys are living examples of, not only does it make a difference for you, it makes a difference for your family, your children themselves, your extended family, your city, your community, because now you're doing business in the community and you're doing things when contracting and, and all these opportunities, but with God, not on your own anymore, with God. And it's like created opportunities you wouldn't have had. I mean, you've told me countless stories of like this project or this project or this project, which you would have felt unqualified for based on your previous life. But now it's like you're partnered to God. And Alicia, I love that you're, you know, not only working for our ministry, but you've written this book, uh, Making Beauty with the Ashes, and how you're just telling the story and giving people an opportunity to hear that God does just that. He makes beauty with ashes. So how do people get a hold of the book? Yes. um, So you can go to our website, which is makingbeautywiththeashes.com. 
um, or basically, you know, Amazon.com, basically um, any major retailer. You can also purchase it online there as well. I'm so excited about this book and I'm excited about just you guys being able to um, heal a lot of people through story, the power of story who maybe not be, may not know how to be brave or listen to God this way and may not really have vision for the end process. But I love one of the statements you made, Alicia, which is like, I couldn't imagine our marriage like this. And before we didn't have a very good marriage. And then after all this, God's reconstructed to where it's like, I couldn't imagine life without it. And that's the kind of story that God writes in our lives. That's the, he's our, our divine narrator that has that kind of story for each one of us. So thanks for sharing today, you guys. I love you. It's so good to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.